Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, join this amazing and growing community. Welcome to the Healing Uncensored Podcast. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a health and mindset coach for women with autoimmune disease just like you. I absolutely love helping you tap into your self-healing power, uncover the energetic side of healing, and release limiting beliefs around your body and your life. Think of this podcast as everything you wouldn't hear at your doctor's office. It's a place for empowered souls to move beyond food and heal themselves on a soul level. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Now let's begin. Welcome to today's episode. I'd like to introduce my guest, Amy Raup. She is a renowned women's health and wellness expert, author of several books, including her most recent, Body Belief. And I think you guys are really going to love this conversation today as we talk about how our body's beliefs dictate your health. Amy has many qualifications and they're all listed in the show notes so you can get to know her better, including being an active columnist for media outlets such as Thrive Global and Mind Body Green. She has been a frequent speaker at women's health and wellness conferences across the nation and has over 20 years of being a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist at her private practice in New York. So just a heads up, the first five minutes or so of our audio is um, a little bit, there's a little disturbances on her end uh, from her mic hitting her uh, sweater she was wearing. It does clear up, but I apologize in advance. And then there's a little bit of it again about three quarters of the way through the interview as well. So bear with us. The content is good. 
tune in, take your notes. You guys are wanna, going to want to really start to soak up everything that Amy has to share with us today. So I hope you enjoy and let's get this healing party started. Hi, Amy. And first of all, I am just so honored to have you on the show today. And for everyone listening, Amy is a renowned women's health and wellness expert, as well as an author. And her book, one of her books, Body Belief, How to Heal Autoimmune Diseases, Radically Shift Your Health and Love Your Body More, is especially pertinent, I think, to all the listeners of this podcast. So Amy, I would love to begin with just letting the listeners get to know you better. So how did you end up here in this line and field of work? Well, thank you so much, first of all, for having me. And I'm just honored to be here and to be reaching your community. So thank you. Um, how I wound up in this line of work. So by trade, I'm technically an acupuncturist and a practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine. I've been in clinical practice for 15 years and, you know, and of course I've been studying Chinese medicine for close to 20 years at this point, uh, which is ridiculous to say out loud. Um, uh, ages me, I think. But <laughs> so pr prior to that, I was, um, you know, I was a biology and chemistry uh, major in college and I, you know, my plan was to go to medical school and and as I say now, one of the best things that happened to me was I didn't get accepted the first time I applied because um, that then led me on another path, which was I got some graduate work done in neuroscience and, and really just always was really fascinated with the brain and how it works and, and even, you know, full circle now of, of how our, our emotions and our, our stress impacted the physiology of the brain. And so I was doing graduate work out at UCSD and quite fascinated with the brain and, and neuroscience, but also equally frustrated because I felt like Western medicine, we were, I was studying Alzheimer's disease and we were just kind of looking very compartmentalized at like how cells reacted to a certain substance in a Petri dish. And, and I would constantly bring up to my team, like, we're not looking at the whole picture. What, you know, what are these people eating that get Alzheimer's disease and when, and what's their emotional state, you know, and I've kind of just looked at um, like the odd man out and my mentor at the time, he, he pushed me. He said, I don't think this is the right field for you. I think you're going to, you know, wind up with like a PhD MD and just be prescribing meds and you're going to be really unhappy. And he was really fascinated by Chinese medicine. He was at the end of his career. He was like in his seventies and, you know, wrapping up his career as a, you know, um, a very established uh, neurobiochemist and his wife was going through her own health issues and using acupuncture. And he was reading this book that's called The Web That Has No Weaver, which was written by Ted Katcha. And it's all about, you know, Ted has gone on now to, he does work up at Harvard and he's one of the biggest placebo research scientists that exists, but he's also a doctor of Chinese medicine. So anyway, that book really opened me up. And, you know, I think there are no coincidences in life. And a couple, a couple coincidental things happened that led me on the path to becoming an acupuncturist. And, you know, practitioner of Chinese medicine. And, and then from there, it's really just unfolded. You know, I started writing books. My first book came out in 2010. And, you know, Body Belief is my most recent book, which is all about autoimmune conditions. And that just came out this past year, or this year, 2018, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I lose track. And I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you know, I started writing books because I just felt like I wanted to reach more people. And 
almost, you know, I was a little frustrated, I feel like, with my clients where they would come in and they felt very disempowered, you know, and they didn't um, buy, buy the Western medical approaches to things and they, they weren't doing the best they could do as far as taking back the control and taking back the power. So that's really the voice I think I've had in all my books is, is basically putting it back on the patient and saying, like, you have so much control here, you have so much power here. You, I know you feel like a victim and I know you feel like maybe your body isn't supporting you in the right way, but you know, the best part about Chinese medicine is it's, there's mental and emotional as much as spiritual and nutritional and physical, you know, they all work together for, for optimal healing. So, you know, I guess I just started to evolve more and more and I started, you know, just seeing, I saw, I see lots of women, you know, I do see men in my, my practice and and then I started seeing women dealing with fertility challenges. And I wrote another book, you know, my second book called Yes, You Can Get Pregnant. And what I started to notice with that population in particular was that a lot of them had, if not undiagnosed, then poorly managed autoimmune conditions. And, mm -hmm. and then I started, you know, I'm always, I'm a research scientist first, but I always say like, so I'm a nerd and I go deep on the research and I look and I look and I look. And you can really connect the dots. Like endometriosis is, is autoimmune, polycystic, you know, something is, something isn't, I think it is. Um, like any metabolic disorder is, you know, um, premature ovarian aging, you know, there's antibodies to the ovaries, you know, so you see Hashimoto's all the time in that population. Um, Crohn's, colitis, celiac, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, these women just basically have an autoimmune condition that needs support. And, and then not only do they feel better in the process, but then they wind up getting pregnant, right? And stop having miscarriages or, or you know, whatever it was that was complication. Um, but I, I also felt like as I was aging in my practice or growing up in my practice, you know, you just start to see the prevalence of autoimmunity. So when it came around time to write another book, you know, um, Hay House and I were in discussions and they weren't really interested in like, another fertility book for me or a pregnancy book. They kind of wanted something different. And, and I just said, well, I'd like to write about autoimmune diseases because it's affecting, you know, I mean, you know, you're one of them. It's affecting so many people. And really a lot of, you know, women, 75% more than men and, and women in their prime. I mean, it's, it's, it's getting women and young, you know, and so much of that has to do with our environment and, and not just, the chemicals in our environment, but the stress and the emotional stressors in our environment. So, and then I also, you know, in body belief, talk a lot about how, where, if the body's attacking itself on a cellular level, which is the basic definition of autoimmunity, where are we attacking ourselves in that emotional level? Mm -hmm. And how do we shift that conversation? Because obviously, and even being a woman, you know, and I've gone through my own personal struggles, um, I, I guess I could say I don't, I have autoimmunity predispositions, right? I was born with asthma and I've been a chronic eczema sufferer, but I, thankfully I don't have, like I don't have a lot of the other symptoms and that's probably though, or you know, even the markers because I started this process of really healing my body and shifting so many things um, 15 years ago, you know, maybe yeah. at the minimum yeah. a, a decade ago, which I think I prevented, I probably would, I think at this stage, if I understand the progression of disease the way I do, I'd have thyroid antibodies, I would think at this point and have Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. But I think because I kind of nipped it, I, it didn't fully express. Um, that's, my, that's my guess. 
-hmm. But that's what I tend to see is, you know, it's like you start with just a little bit of inflammation in your body. You have some quote unquote kinks in your system. You go on, you continue to get exposed to these environmental toxins and, and eat kind of the standard American diet and not process your emotions and do a high stress job and, you know, burn the candle at both ends in your twenties and your thirties. Then at that point, your body just basically says, hold up. I can't really handle this. You know, yeah. I feel like that. Yeah. That's what's happening. I think in the demographic, of course, there's more and more children now being born with autoimmune conditions. And that's because that's where I am really, I'm obsessed with preconception health because I really think that's where I can impact women um, to have really healthy children. And I always joke with my fertility clients that I say, I'm not really here to help you get pregnant. Like I'm actually here to get you to be your healthiest version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And from there, fertility mm -hmm. will thrive. But really what I'm, my goal is, is for you to have a healthy child that you raise in a healthy environment. Yeah. Emotionally and yeah. physically and nutritionally. Right. So that to me is then prevention. We are really then, you know, moving the ball forward and, and, mm -hmm. and helping prevent, you know, this or turn around this autoimmune epidemic that we're in the middle of. Yeah. Why do you think it is that we see more women affected by autoimmune disease than men? Do you have any theories? So, yeah, I have, I have theories, both scientific-based and more spiritual-based. Um, I think scientifically, women, we, we, our hormones change basically week to week, and we're more estrogen-dominant than our male counterparts, and all of the chemicals in our environment are impacting the endocrine system and, and more specifically estrogen in our body, which I do think has a strong impact on uh, the autoimmune cascade and just levels of inflammation in our body. And then I think from a spiritual perspective, it's because it's just from what I see clinically, and this is just, you know, an observation and also a personal one and a, a you know, an, an objective one, I guess, subjective and objective. Um, women are really hard on themselves. So I think we tend to really beat ourselves up a lot. And I believe that sets the stage for this emotional inflammation, right? So I kind of look at autoimmunity as, as two roots, right? There's an emotional inflammation and there's physical inflammation. And it's the levels of inflammation that trigger the autoimmunity to the onset. And then from there, it's really, it's challenging. You know, you can't necessarily ever cure yourself from your autoimmune condition, but you can definitely heal, right? As you know. Yeah. So you, you brought this up earlier where there's this common like mechanism behind autoimmune diseases, which is that the body does attack itself. So can you dive into a little bit of the emotions behind that? Like, I think we're so familiar with the physiological side of like the immune system attacking seemingly healthy tissue, but how does that relate to our emotions as well? Well, you know, and there isn't... <laughs> hardcore science about this, but I feel like there's more and more research showing that, you know, just stress alone can trigger the autoimmune cascade, right? But I do think it's, you know, I talk about it in the book too, like it's autoimmunity is basically a case of misidentification, right? Where the body's attacking itself, normal healthy tissue for unknown reasons. It's now identified it as a foreigner and it's not. We don't know why that happened. And so I, I guess I pose the question more than anything in the book, and I do talk about the neuroscience behind it, but 
where are you not being true to yourself? Where have you become misidentified? Um, kind of where have you lost your way? Mm-hmm. And, and what are the parts of yourself, maybe from your past um, or traumas, that you are rejecting, right? Because that's basically what is going on, is the body is rejecting normal, healthy tissue. Mm-hmm. And our thoughts, you talk about this in your book as well, our thoughts affect our health. So can you talk a little bit about Oh, yeah, that's how, a really like, good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah thank you. Um, I forgot about that point. Yes, that's a really big point. Right, then there's the other piece, right? Our thoughts dictate our behavior, which dictates our health. So if you are walking around with this chronic state of stress, and I say stress very loosely and very generally, and stress is a million different things to a million different people. Um, But if you are coming, you know, to your everyday life and your everyday choices from this space of perhaps feeling broken, feeling disconnected, feeling unworthy, feeling angry, um, feeling ill, feeling like there's no hope, you are not going to make lifestyle choices that will support and engender health because you don't see the point. Mm -hmm. So as I lay out in the book, the first step, I think, to healing, like I say in the book in the very beginning, like I could just give you the diet and I could give you, you know, um, how much time you should meditate every day. And, And if I were to give someone a general diet, I'd just say, go read the paleo approach. I think that's the best book out there for, you know, autoimmune paleo. Um, but she doesn't talk much about the emotional piece, right? Which, which right. is where I, I'm differentiating myself. Um, but your first step is you've got to reconnect with yourself and start to hear the conversation you have with yourself in the privacy of your own mind and start to identify your limiting beliefs. If you believe there is no chance that you can feel better, you might follow a plan or a protocol for a couple weeks, but at some point you'll just start sabotaging again because, and I don't mean sabotaging in a way that you're to blame, but just at the core, you don't necessarily believe that this is possible for you. So why would you stick to something? And I, I understand that. So we have to first start to shift your perspective, right? Because, or perception too, right? Your perception is your reality. And so if you are just surrounded with people that aren't getting better, that are chronically ill, that don't believe in the possibility of healing or feeling, not even healing, you know, like your, your lab numbers might stay the same, but do you have the energy to get out of bed every day? And and can you start to move a little bit or, you know, nourish yourselves, cook food? Like, I, I mean, right. I'm sure there's plenty of people listening and, and maybe even you have been there yourself. And I've seen plenty of clients like that. It's like, we're talking basic quality of life tasks like cooking, you know what I mean? Um, Showering, right? Some people are that, that unwell. And so to start to even just open up to the possibility, and this isn't about thinking positive because I think that's kind of lame. puts a lot of pressure on people. Um, It's, it's rooted in, in um, good intentions, just like genetically modified foods, but um, they don't really serve us. Right. Um, It's, it's the sense of like, just a little bit more hope than you don't have. You know what I mean? So like, could I get, well, there are people I know that, you know, felt as ill as I have and now they feel a little bit better. So there is a possibility for me. Right. So it's going from like not black to white where you're constantly in the state of negativity to positivity, but just like black to gray, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where you're giving yourself a little bit more, um, 
what's the word, you know, just um, momentum headed into the right direction. And I feel like that's what's going to stick. At least that's what I've learned clinically. I mean, I feel like I've worked with so many patients at this point. And I, for me, when I give them some real strict parameters to work with, some people do well with that, but most people don't and they'll fall off, you know, the trajectory, they'll, they'll lose their momentum because we didn't spend time working on the emotional piece. We didn't spend time digging deep into whether or not they feel worthy of better health, whether or not they believe it. Because you might've grew up with a parent who was really ill and this is a very common story. And so you only see illness, you know, and you don't know the potential for wellness. Mm-hmm. And that could be mental or emotional. That could be physical or, you know, um, as well. So it's, it's starting to shift your mindset of, you know, that you're not alone, that other people have been where you are and they've found ways to improve themselves and you can too. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is that mindset piece that's really important, not just from, I think, what like our thoughts literally also dictate though neurotransmitters in our brain. So if you have this chronic thought that says something like I am sick and there is no hope it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy within your body on a physiological level because you start to just train your brain that way and it will literally just start to shut systems down Mm -hmm. so there's that piece to it and then also if you walk around with that 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 same thought there is no hope then you're not going to really give a crap about certain supplements or the right diet or listening to podcasts like this, reading the books, right? Because there's no hope. So why bother? Why waste my time on this stuff? Mm -hmm. You know, so we have to start with that initial conversation that you're having in the privacy of your own mind. Um, And I feel like, and you probably see this a lot too. It's like people who are sick really identify themselves by their illness. They, it's like, what's your elevator pitch? Like on, you know, within your first three minutes of a conversation with someone, at what point do you introduce your illness? You know, are you more illness focused or wellness focused? And that's just something to start to contemplate. And again, it's not that anyone is to blame for where they're at, but it's more, how are you? moving the ball forward or not for yourself. Absolutely. So you can acknowledge it. Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think that most people listening are, are like opening up to the idea of how our thoughts and our emotions affect our health. And you mentioned their impact even on the neurotransmitters, but they might not be super crystal clear on like, what is a body belief? How do we figure out what it is? And then if it's not serving us, then how do we change it? Right. So I have a couple limiting beliefs in the book. I'm going to mm-hmm. read them because I feel like they are. Um, so, I mean, I guess, I guess how to identify them first would be taking time to be alone with yourself and possibly with a journal if that feels comfortable or just even your phone and you could text or email it to yourself but what is the first thing you think of when someone says how is your health what's your answer what's your filtered answer to the public but what's your answer inside it could be oh my health sucks it's always sucked in my whole life it sucked I, I basically just feel like crap all the time and there's no hope and I see doctor after doctor and no one can really help me right that's probably the conversation in there so that's a belief that is basically like you know my health stinks um or or another question is you know why do you think your health is bad 
So that's another good question to ask yourself. And a lot of people will go and be like, well, because my mom was sick and my dad was sick. It's my genetics, right? So that's another very limiting belief. Um, another person might think, I feel as good as I can feel. And really, generally speaking, like nobody feels that good. So who am I to think that I could feel better than I feel? So I think it's like, and I talk about this in the book, the first step is really reconnecting to yourself. And that's usually tools, like the simple things that we know of. Meditation, exercise, downtime for yourself. What are you saying to yourself? So you just have to start to listen. They say we have upwards of like 50 to 90,000 thoughts a day and 90% of them are the same. Mm -hmm. So once you start to listen, it's not going to be that hard to identify. In the book, I the top four that I have and that I feel like I see in the clinic is I am my illness. So people are very identified by, you know, oh, I, I have celiac. Um, you know, I have Crohn's. I have colitis, right? It's like, and they're, they're part of those. And this is nothing wrong because I'm all about community and support, but they're on those forums and they're following those people on Instagram. They are living that disease. And there's, as, as you know, cause you're in the very, I think the proactive side of it, there is a way to go down the rabbit hole of the disease and feel sorry for yourself and surround yourself with people like that. Or there's a way to like, feel like you're part of a tribe and we're learning and we're growing together. Right. So how much does your illness identify and define you and I guess too, like how, how malleable is that, right? You know, or how malleable do you believe it is? Mm -hmm. um, number two is that nobody feels that good. I see this one a lot. Like people just feel like, oh, who am I? You know, everybody I know is suffering, right? Especially if they're surrounded by like-minded people. Well, everybody's sick. So I, I feel bad feeling good, you know? Um, I recently had a, one of my clients who's obese uh, break down and tell me because she's started losing weight. She's following the protocol from she also has polycystic and she's pre-diabetic. So she's like autoimmune type. Um, she's starting to feel really bad for her obese friends that she's going to not be like them anymore. Mm -hmm. That scares her because it's been her identity for so long. Like she actually said to me, she was crying and she said, who am I going to go shopping with if I get skinny? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, but that's, and I don't mean crazy in a bad way, but that's like, wow, what a real thought. Like she has that thought and she's finally able to verbalize it. The second you verbalize it, and you could verbalize it to yourself. You don't have to share it with anybody. Just write it out in a journal. The second you acknowledge that, you're, you're freeing yourself up. Mm -hmm. um, number three, it's my genetics, which is completely not true at all. You might have genetic predispositions, but how your genes manifest is up to how you live your life, right? So um, you can change that. So I disprove that in the book. And then I think number four is I feel bad feeling good. And I sometimes can get that because, you know, people are like, especially like if I'm doing a podcast like this where, well, I don't really have an autoimmune condition and I kind of feel bad that I'm sitting here telling you what to do to heal it. Mm -hmm. um, although I do firmly believe I have the autoimmune tendencies and I probably would have an auto, a full-blown autoimmune condition at this point if I wasn't doing the things I do every day to help manage inflammation in my body, right? Mm -hmm. I have the tendencies, but I listen to my red flags and I, I have the thoughts too. And sometimes they're just like the, the efforts, you know, I call them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
I don't, I don't want to curse necessarily in your podcast, but you know, um, we all fall into that and it's just like, you know, I think the bigger question is how is this serving me? Is yeah. it serving me on my path to wellness or is it serving me by keeping me here? Mm-hmm. And again, we're not, I'm not trying to place blame. I'm just really trying to shine a light on what it is that you are thinking of on a regular basis and how is that supporting you and you're feeling better. Mm-hmm. You mentioned some of these kind of red flags, signals, the way that the body speaks to us. It gives us the, these signals. So how do we then take, like, maybe what are some examples of a signal the body would, would give you and like, how do we interpret that then? Do you mean like a physical symptom or like an yeah. emotional one? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking more of like a physical symptom that somebody might have and they could easily see this as like, oh, that's annoying or I'm going to take ibuprofen to like, you know, negate the, the, the symptom. But instead, I mean, how can we be listen. able to dive deeper into it and figure out what, what's the body telling us? What is the deeper message here? Well, so I have like in the opening of the book, there's a couple questions and it's like, and I think these, if people answer, um, if they say yes to three of them, then likely there's an autoimmune brewing, right? Um, So are you foggy headed or have a hard time concentrating? Do you feel exhausted even after sleeping eight hours? Do your hormones feel out of whack? Does your body ache? Aches and pains often, headaches, that kind of stuff. Eczema and psoriasis, huge, huge, huge indicators of autoimmunity. Um, have you been struggling to get pregnant and or have had multiple miscarriages? Same thing, multiple miscarriages. Like if you want to know the real reason why I even wrote an autoimmune book is because I was really sick and tired of seeing these women have constant miscarriages and they're all, they're all autoimmune cases. Um, then you know what helps them get pregnant is steroids because it lowers the immune response and so it doesn't attack the embryo. It's fascinating. Um, do you have a hard time losing weight? Um, do you go in and out of bouts of anxiety and depression? Uh, random environmental allergic reactions or responses like hives or you know just itchy skin everywhere, chronic sinus issues, um, and then like a compromised immune system. Like you are constantly catching a cold that's going around the office or whoever. If someone's sick near you, you're going to get it. Those to me are like the biggest red flags. And so, and that's what I usually use in my intake if I'm suspicious that there's something going on. Mm-hmm. And then I'll refer them out usually to an endocrinologist and can get the basic work up. And you know, you can usually see like homocysteine's elevated, CRP is elevated, and um, maybe they have thyroid antibodies or you know, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, those are the big red flags that I usually start with. Also, GI symptoms, like if you know, you're, you're still like IBS, like symptoms, like bouts of constipation slash diarrhea, constantly bloated or gassy. Those are all symptoms. So that's Chinese medicine in a sense. Like that's, those are basic questions for us too. Like if, okay, if you can't concentrate or you wake up and you still feel exhausted even after sleeping seven to eight hours, you know, where I go in, in my diagnosis is I say, okay, that person's chi or energy is not available to them for some reason. The body doesn't feel like it has enough to give or isn't, um, isn't making enough. You know, we get, we say in Chinese medicine, we get our chi from the air we breathe and the food we eat. And chi is a vital substance to optimal functioning. So most of my autoimmune clients are, you know, they, they kind of fluctuate between like, they have like spleen chi deficiency, liver blood deficiency, um, 
where they're they're on the weaker side and and that's where I feel like nutrition plays such a tremendous role but then also the emotional piece too because the overthinking and the worry and the anxiety and the depression really compromises the function of chi mm -hmm. so you know if you're suffering like if you have a diagnosis right say say you know you have uh, you know I'm just say Hashimoto's I feel like it's such a common one um, and maybe you're taking Synthroid, and so you think that's the only treatment, but you still basically feel like crap every day, then, then you have to look deeper, you know? That's why the autoimmune world, I mean, what do they say? The average patient sees seven doctors over a five-year period before they get a diagnosis. It's something like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's pathetic, right? You know, um, I think, and, and you guys are the reason for this major uptick in functional medicine doctors because those are the docs that are actually really looking under all of the, you know, rocks to find the, the root causes of the diseases. So yeah. it's really like, what does your health look like? Um, you know, I'll get people and they're like coming to me, you know, say for fertility or for, um, you know, I don't know, migraines or something like that. And then I dig deeper and it's like, they have all these other symptoms that have to be worked on. And they're, mm -hmm. they are the red flags that are, are telling us that your body's just not functioning at its optimal level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that so many uh, of us people in general take those symptoms and think, oh, this is normal. Like this chronic constipation or diarrhea or this headache, like that must just be normal because no one ever around me feels amazing. And you mentioned in your book how we have become disconnected to our bodies. So yes. is that part of that? And also once you disconnect, like what does it mean to disconnect? And then also how do we reconnect to our bodies in order to promote healing? Being disconnected is just this, you know, disconnection, right? You're not really paying attention to your symptoms. You're not connecting the dots. You're not realizing, like, here's a good example. You wake up in the morning, you feel groggy. You're not really hungry, or maybe you are, but you don't really know because you're not connected to that. And you, you go through your morning, you skip breakfast, you're, you know, then you have a cup of coffee maybe on an empty stomach and maybe it's like one o'clock and you have a migraine and you're hangry and you don't really connect the dots that maybe you just needed to eat some breakfast in the morning. You know, it's, it's, that's disconnected. And I feel like I see that a lot or I'll ask a person like, what are your bowel movements like every day? And there's just this long pause. Did you poop today? Mm. Maybe. <laughs> what did it look like? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'll let you know next time. And you're like, okay, that's, that's disconnected, you know, and, and maybe I sound judgmental when I say that, but, um, you know, women with their period or, or like headaches, like, well, so when do you get them? I don't know. I just seem to have one every day. Okay. What about if you, you know, so that's very disconnected then emotionally, um, you know, oh no, I'm happy all the time. Like everything's great in my life. And then they start to talk and they're like, well, you know, my relationship kind of stinks and, you know, fighting with my mom or, you know, it's like, okay, so there's just this major disconnect going on where are you able to express your emotions? Do you know what they are? How you feel? Do, do you fly off the handle uncontrollably? A lot of people say yes to that. And then they'll start to think about it and it's like, oh, because I have a lot of anger and rage at X, Y, and Z and I just don't feel like I can address it or express myself, right? So that's, that's all the disconnecting. 
And reconnecting is, you know, I feel like you start that process, like I said, by like, I feel like meditation and journaling, moving slowly throughout your day, like checking in with yourself, set up a timer on your phone for every two hours. How am I feeling right now? How do I feel physically? How do I feel emotionally? Um, and, you know, what am I doing each day that's making me feel supported and nourished all on my own, right? Because I feel like that's where a lot of this disconnect comes from is people feel like they just have to be everything for everybody else. They can't really take time for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, especially women, we just give, 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 and we're not, we're not receiving. So start to, you know, turn around that conversation. And when you reconnect, you're starting to allow yourself to receive and you're starting to understand how you can better support and nourish yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you've brought up some of these limiting beliefs that might hold us back from connecting to our body or doing what's best for us, or even believing that we can heal. When we have these limiting beliefs, how do we release them? Do you have any like go-to steps or protocols you do to actually release and like rewire the way that we think? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a tool in the book called the art of shifting your beliefs and it's an acronym ART. It stands for acknowledge, reform, transform. So the first step is, is the, in the reconnecting, we can begin to hear the conversation, right? Like I said, Mm -hmm. 90% of our thoughts are the same every day. So this is not hard. You will start to hear what it is you say, right? A lot of times, like I can hear myself where I judge myself if I'm like rushing or I'm running late and I like, I'll, I'll be my own worst critic of like, and that's why, you know, this happened because look at your rushing again. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm like bullying myself. So you'll start to hear that. So your first step is you have to acknowledge it. What are my beliefs, right? And in the book, I have I have lists of what that what those um, what the acknowledged statements are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to pull them up right now, but um, then what you do is you you take that you know those acknowledged statements and you start to reform them. And so when you reform, you just ask yourself a basic question. You look at the acknowledged statement of like, you always get it wrong. You always screw it up. You're always late, whatever it is, whatever that self-criticism is. And we all have, I think several of them, but you know, you can pick your top five. Um, And you say to yourself, okay, there's my, there's my limiting belief. There's my, there's my, you know, hurtful, harmful belief. How can I say it better? Simple question, taking that directly from Abraham Hicks, who's one of my big spiritual teachers. Um, how can I say it better? So, you know, for instance, how would you say it to a close friend or a partner or a child? Would you say to them, you're such a screw up. You're always late. You're always like dropping things, you know, or would you say, why don't we take a deep breath? Try it again. Slow down. Right. You know, like, how can I say it better? So it's just softening. It's like that black to a little bit of gray rather than black all the way to white, right? It's, it's not about like shoving your mind full of these positive affirmations, which are awesome and can be really helpful for a lot of people, but they're not rooted. You know, I want you to get rooted in like, yeah, this is what I normally say and start talking back to yourself basically. So the, you know, the bully inside of you says, you know, you always get it wrong and you know, you're never going to feel better if you keep eating or skipping meals or whatever it is, you know, like however you beat yourself up. So then you say back to yourself, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying right now. Like I hear that thought. 
And I'm also beginning to realize it really doesn't feel good when I say that to myself. So I'm just going to remind myself I'm doing the best I can do, right? That could be your easiest reformed statement back to yourself as you acknowledge that thought, you hear it when it comes up and the, and what could you say back to it? How can you say it better? Or even just, you know, simply I'm doing the best I can do. I'm trying to show up for myself today, right? That's a lot more. It soothes the nervous system, though. It really does, too, right? One of my favorite mantras right now is I just say to myself, if I'm in a spin, is I just, so my reformed thought to myself is, I am deeply loved and cared for. I am deeply loved and cared for. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in that, I feel like I'm, I'm allowing universe, God, spirit, whatever you want to come in and support me, and that I don't have to do it all myself. So, you know, we acknowledge we reform. And then the transformation really just happens in the repetitiveness, the frequency and consistency of the acknowledging and the reformation. Because then eventually what happens is that that initial bully thought won't even start to come up. It'll, the reformed thought will come up of just like, okay, slow down. You're moving too fast right now. You're trying to get too much done. Being, oh, I'm being hard on myself again. Okay. You know, and so we just start to gently shift and massage those thoughts. And eventually what happens is, you know, we stay in a state of, of saying nicer things to ourselves more than we don't. We're always going to have those bouts of beating ourselves up and that negativity and that emotional inflammation. It's normal. It's life. It's fine. But it's, what are you saying back to yourself? How long are you going to, like, are you going to let yourself go down the rabbit hole and just continually, like, abuse yourself? And next thing you know, you're eating a bag of, you know, M&Ms and just feeling sorry for yourself, right? Or are you going to say, oh, right, I'm going to do that thing. That, I'm doing that thing I do again, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, like, you know, relationship counseling is the same thing of, like, recognizing the dance that you get into with your partner, except for now the partner is just yourself, you know? Yeah, totally. So the woman who, you know, you were doing kind of a checklist to some of the red flags and signals earlier, if, if there's a woman listening who was like, oh, yep, 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 (laughs) I like check all the boxes and who is also feeling a lot of these like examples of limiting beliefs, where, where would they get started? Like, even if they, maybe they're diagnosed already, maybe they're not, but like, where, where do they start this healing process? Because I think that's a huge potential block for a lot of people is they just don't know where to get started. I mean, I think my book is a good place. I think reading body belief and, you know, not, not being um, self-promoting necessarily, but I feel like that is a good place to start. Yeah. Um, I feel like seeking out, you know, like if you're on social media, like find an Instagram account that has something to do with autoimmunity that inspires you rather than depresses you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, speak more to other people, share your story, not in a way that you're like over identified by your illness, but like, I've not been feeling well, this, this, and this is happening. I'm, I'm looking for ways to make positive shifts, you know, or whatever, like st- start to build your own community. Mm-hmm. I think so much of us suffer in silence because we're afraid, you know, like comparison is the root of all suffering, right? That's what Buddha says. And we don't, we only share like our highlight reel on social media because we want people to think our life is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but why don't we start sharing the the not so highlight reel and and just being, being honest there, mm-hmm. acknowledging, saying, this is where I'm at today. You would be so surprised at, at the people that will come and share with you their stories of what's helped them shift and transform. You know, it's just really, I think the delivery, if you if you want to stay in that low energy state and complain, 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 you're probably going to attract more complainers around you. But if you 
actually come up and be like, this is how I'm feeling. I'm ready to make a change. Show me how. I think you'll attract that right kind of person, right? Mm -hmm. Who will help uplift you and, and probably has been where you have been. Look online for some, um, you know, positive stories. I mean, you, you can easily Google like, you know, how to heal whatever disease it is you have, right? Mm -hmm. um, I guarantee you, you would find 10 bloggers that will inspire the crap out of you. You know, start there. Follow what they did. I think that's a great way to do it too. And especially like from the mindset shift, um, if you're in that, you know, um, acknowledged, I mean, limiting belief state that's all about uh, there's no hope, why bother, or I am my illness. When you start to see people that have what you have and have shifted it, it automatically, you'll start to be inspired and shift into the right space. Yeah, definitely. Well, I just want to uh, thank you for all of your wisdom and guidance for our listeners, Amy. And if there's anything else you feel like they should know or any sort of words of wisdom that you'd like to leave them with, I'd love for you to share that as well. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Um, I think, you know, I just... I don't want you to blame yourself, but I want you to know that you have a lot of power here and there's a lot of things that you can do to improve the way you feel every day. And maybe you can't heal, quote unquote, or cure, sorry, cure yourself from whatever disease state you have, but you can heal and things can improve. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely people out there that have done it. So look for them, you know, and, and just find the right community that really inspires you. And I think that's the biggest thing. And you can check out my book. I feel like it's very hopeful and inspiring. We also have a Facebook page that goes with the book. And we also have a free digital course that you get when you purchase the book. And it's all about healing autoimmunity from the mental, emotional, physical, and nutritional perspective. I think it's like eight hours. You know, it's a free digital course that you get when you purchase the book. So you could check that out too. I think that would really help inspire and uplift. Awesome. Thank you again. And is there anywhere else listeners can find you and follow along your work? Um, you know, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram, so you can follow me there. And, and yeah, my website, amyrupp.com. Beautiful. I will pop all those links in the show notes and thank you again for your time today, Amy. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode with Amy Raup. If you want to learn more about her and the work that she does out in the world, go check out the show notes. Lots of information there. And if you want to join the Autoimmune Tribe community on Facebook, I am showing up live every single week to do free coaching calls. It's called Hashtag Coaching with Sarah. Showing up, just giving you guys immense value as you navigate your journey to healing chronic illness and especially diving in beyond food on that deep, deep soul level. I'd love to see you inside that free group, Autoimmune Tribe, on Facebook. And I will see you guys on the next episode. 